Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm sitting down with two team members who shaped the menu at Ocean Prime, an upscale seafood and steak concept in Cameron Mitchell Restaurant's portfolio. Let's hear how these two culinary pros are meeting the demands of today's diners. Hello, I'm here with Ian Ruff, corporate chef of Ocean Prime Restaurants, and Jason Shelley, the executive chef at Ocean Prime's Chicago location. Welcome, chefs. Thanks. So let's start with you, Ian. How are you making Ocean Prime's fine dining menu more in tune with the demands of today's consumer? Good question. Um, We try to... uh, offer a lot of different things so that you can come with a with a group and have a a lot of different avenues to have a great experience so everything from coming for lunch and we've got you know quick lunch uh special card where you can get in and out kind of quick but also if you want to have a more involved uh meal at lunch we can do that as well and kind of tailor the uh, experience to what you're looking for and then uh, we also offer an amazing happy hour with a lounge menu that's you know just awesome in between the different restaurants the chefs really kind of uh, have some fun and do something different on their own menus and uh, create some great shareable items as well Um, some of those smaller bite things are good to share because you get a little bit of this a little bit of that but then things like sushi are become wildly popular and that's an awesome thing to share with a group you know you're in for a couple cocktails at the bar have a little sushi to pass around and then uh you know trying to work on continuing to create some lighter fare as well obviously we are a classic uh you know fish restaurant uh, mm-hmm. with the steaks as well and some of the food can be a little bit heavy at times but trying to lighten up that fare a little bit here and there as well well great um so cameron mitchell also operates many types of casual concepts are there any like common themes in developing the food and drink menus for those as you know that coincide with ocean prime's menu well, sure. Um, we work on every restaurant kind of the same. We're still kind of a small company in a lot of ways. You know, we do everything together as a team. We have a group of people that gets involved in all of our menu development. Um, it's not just one person saying, hey, this is what I want to have on the menu. Um, it takes all of us to kind of do it. So we all get together, you know, cook a bunch of food, try and, you know, tweak it and adjust it and come up with things that we think will be uh, great to share with our guests. But uh, it's not just about one person's palate. It's about everybody's and really getting uh, everybody's opinions and thoughts on it and how we uh, develop our food. Jason, um, over to you. Uh, Are there any must-haves on the menu at Ocean Prime that, you know, that are carried over from one location to another that you had to introduce when you opened in Chicago? Absolutely. We want uh, our diners to experience Ocean Prime in whatever city we're in. We want there to be some continuity. And so a lot of our dishes do transfer across from city to city. And then in each market, we have the opportunity to work with, you know, species that are very, you know, nor used to that kind of area or very familiar to Mm -hmm. that kind of area. Uh, In fact, during the opening here, we were in the middle of rollouts, middle of training, and um, Cameron had looked at some lamb dishes, and we were talking about changing the lamb dish. And so Literally in the middle of the training, we changed the dish, we rewrote the recipes, we retrained the staff, and we were like, okay, we open in three or four days, here's the new lamb dish, we know we taught you something different, 
but we, we don't like it. We don't think it's right for what we're doing here. We think this dish highlights the protein, highlights the sauce, the great flavor. It's about execution. And right there on the cuff, we made a big change, and then we eventually took it across to the other Ocean Prime. So we're always changing. We're always evolving. We're always our, our toughest critic on ourselves. And how can we be better? How can we push the food? How can we find something that's unique, something that's fresh, something that's different? And how can we do it in a way that, that translates to the guests but also translates across our brand wherever you are in the country? So are you sourcing any local fish from, uh, you know, the Great Lakes area because you're in Chicago now? We've done a couple features with different fish from the Great Lakes. Um, all our vendors we purchase from are here locally. Um, one of the cool things we do before we open a restaurant is we go to all of our vendors. We go to their facilities. We meet our, you know, their people. We talk with them. We have relationships with our vendors. You know, without our vendors, we can't do our business. And so we source as locally as we can when, when possible and feasible. Uh, and then we also just try and find great product. And there's some really great vendors here in Chicago. I mean, it was the epicenter of the meat industry back in the day. It's still mm -hmm. a big food city, and they really hang their hat and their pride on how long they've been doing business and how they take care of their people and just kind of like we do. And so, you know, we build those relationships. And like I said, we source what we can locally, and we just make sure that we get our hands on the best product. That way we can give the best dish to our guests. Uh, back to you, Ian. So what are some of the, um, you know, like staples on all the Ocean Prime menus? Do you have a great burger? Are you doing some plant-forward items? Well, we are definitely a fish restaurant first, you know, seafood first. Mm -hmm. So we pride ourselves in serving amazing seafood. And, you know, as Jason said, you know, the freshest, best quality we can get, you know, no matter where we are in the country. So, you know, our Chilean sea bass with the... Uh, mashed potatoes and the and the truffles and everything is just amazing um it's in every single one of our restaurants it's our best seller across the board mm. um one of my one of my favorites would be the black and snapper i think it's just amazing mm. i love a little black and light blacking on a fish and it's got this awesome little bit of corn spoon bread with some skillet beans and a little jalapeno uh, cream sauce mm. it's delicious but then uh you know um you said something about a burger i literally just got done eating lunch at ocean <laughs> prime and had the burger and it was amazing uh the bun was just super tender and toasted beautifully mm. um it's just a really nice uh great cheeseburger it's uh kind of traditional in the sense of you know mayonnaise mayonnaise uh lettuce tomato a little cheddar cheese it's uh it's just great and a little bit of pickle on there it's awesome so are you experimenting with any of the plant-based meats now? Or um, we haven't done a whole lot of it in the Ocean Prime Land yet, um, but we're, we're definitely dabbling in that. We try to make sure we're tending to our vegetarians and vegans out there, mm -hmm. and you know we're willing to work on anything um, and uh, continue to develop that. So. so let's talk a little bit about snacking. How are you addressing the increase in snacking with the menu at Ocean Prime? Well, one of the things we've always done, which is uh, funny that it's becoming a, such a trend now, but uh, we've had truffle popcorn on the menu mm -hmm. for years. It's uh, been our bar snack for years, and mm -hmm. it's just people love it. They come to us just for that sometimes. Sit at the bar, have some cocktails, and eat some popcorn, which is great. But um, we also have our lounge menus, and we have our, our appetizers. And a lot of people come in and just get a couple appetizers for dinner, mm -hmm. you know, or they'll, you know, share a few appetizers. I love to do that with my family. Come in, and you have four, five, six appetizers, and you just kind of all pass around sharing them and I think that uh, a lot of that goes into our training too teaching our people how to you know cater to that with our guests so Jason what are some of the um, snacks that you're offering at the Ocean Prime location in Chicago so in addition to our appetizers that are on the menu we also have a slider we have two different sliders on the menu we have our crab cake slider 
So we start with beautiful blue lump crab meat. Uh, it get, gets a little bit of filler in there, just enough to hold it together. We make a jalapeno corn tartar sauce on a little brioche bun that's baked locally here in Chicago from our mm. baker who makes amazing bread. Um, we have a beef slider. We make a house-made bacon jam with pickled tomatoes, a little bit of garlic aioli. Uh, we offer fish tacos. So since we butcher our own fish in-house, uh, we're able to take some of those pieces that are too small to serve as a dinner portion. We'll blacken those, put them on corn tortillas with a house-made Brussels sprout coleslaw. Mm. Uh, we have some lamb lollipops that are great. They're, they're amazing. They come with a little bit of like an Asian slaw with a little bit of soy butter sauce. So we have a lot of different variety that we offer in addition to the appetizers that are on the menu. And we change those up. So a couple of times a year, we'll sit down and we'll roll out some new stuff and get some feedback. And we'll continue to drive that. But like Ian said, we have to cater to our guests. That's what the hospitality is all about. So as we get feedback from our guests, we kind of make mental notes of that. And then when it's time to make some changes, we'll use that feedback to kind of drive our menu towards our guests. I heard you're also doing like takeoffs on Slim Jims and Pop-Tarts. Is that right? Uh, we aren't, but maybe Ian can answer. <laughs> um, we've done a little bit of that in Columbus at some of our Cameron Mitchell restaurants. Um, so we just, at the Pearl in Columbus, we started uh, Slim Jims, house-made Slim Jims. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Great little salty snack to have at the bar. You're drinking a glass of beer or whatever it might be, or just a good start to the menu you mm-hmm. know, or your dinner as well. But, uh, yeah, some of our other restaurants have a little bit more of that kind of stuff, the kind of fun, whimsical things. Cool. So. Now, how about uh, global influences? What kinds of cuisines are you looking at, either of you, you know, to introduce into a steak and seafood restaurant? Sure. Um, we always, you know, definitely lean a little towards some Asian flair here and there mm-hmm. um, in our menu. We got, you know, sushi offerings, of course. And then, you know, he mentioned something, the lamb lollipops are kind of in this teriyaki marinade and charred a little bit with the soy butter sauce is amazing. Um, but then we, you know, we pull a little bit of flavors. One of the th- fun things about Ocean Prime is we're not kind of set to any specific style of food we will have a little french influence we'll have a little italian influence we'll have a little uh whatever it might be it kind of it evolves and in those lounge menus as well um you know it's definitely got an american flair as well but uh we try to have some fun across the board i guess um but asian i'd say is one of the ones that stands out the most mm-hmm. well now that uh it's holiday season jason you're in the middle of a lot of parties what are some of the items that you make for big groups uh, we, one of our, our core philosophies is yes to the answer, what is the question? And in fact, we have a party this evening that special requested some sweet potato raviolis, some charcuterie, some stuff off the menu. Um, you know, we obviously do our, our food and do it very well, but we're, we're chefs at first and that's what we are at heart. And so, you know, we have some ability to kind of cater to whatever the guest needs and requests. And so when it comes to holiday parties, we're going to take care of dietary restrictions, take care of whatever special requests they have. Uh, we do a lot of our mini crab cakes, so we make a much smaller portion, so they're individual mm-hmm. and bite size, and those get gobbled up quite fast. Our goat cheese ravioli is amazing. It's been on the menu forever. I love it. It's a mixture of garlic and goat cheese. It's in a broth of white wine and house-made chicken stock that's reduced mm-hmm. down with just enough butter. Sweetness from the sun-dried tomatoes. You get a little bit of earthiness from our shiitake mushrooms. And then tiny little bit of truffle oil kind of brings it all together. Uh, it's amazing. We have a shrimp saute, which if you like spicy, uh, once again, we take some chicken stock, some white wine with a little bit of house-made Tabasco butter, some garlic and cheesy crostinis, and some beautiful, beautiful tiger shrimp that go in there as well. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of variety we offer. Our, our calamari, we get fresh calamari out of Rhode Island. We cut it in-house. We flash fry it to order. It gets tossed in a little bit of a Asian flavor with some hoisin and some soy and some vegetables in there. It's amazing. It's a beautiful dish when it comes out. We were joking around. One of our guys gets a real high, looked like a Christmas tree the other day. Um, but we, uh, 
you know, we'll do whatever the guest needs, whatever the guest wants. If we mm-hmm. can do it and execute it very well, then we're going to take care of that guest, whatever the request may be. So whether it's menu items, like we mentioned, or some stuff that's off the menu, we're going to work with our guests to make sure that they're happy and taken care of. Well, you mentioned something about dietary concerns, and there's a lot of people on Whole30 and Paleo and Keto. Are you getting a lot of requests for those type of diets? Every day. And one of the great things is being the style restaurant we are and being a scratch kitchen and doing everything in our restaurant, we have complete control with about 99% of our product. Very few items are coming into our kitchen are coming in and being sold as is. So whether we're making stocks or soups or sauces or desserts, one, we know it's in there and we can, you know, without a doubt say, yes, you're good on this or no, you can't have this. And then the fact that all our food is prepared in the moment, it allows us to take out the dairy in most cases or limit salt or make sure that gluten doesn't touch it or make sure shellfish doesn't touch it or, or wherever it may be. So, you know, we really pride ourselves on making sure that, you know, this day and age, there are dietary restrictions, allergies. I have a son with an allergy. So, you know, I know what it's like to be that guest out there and you're like, hey, I'm sorry, but I need this. And mm-hmm. you're praying that everyone's doing the things they need to do back there to make sure that no one gets hurt or gets sick or anything like that. So we take those very seriously. It's part of what we do. It's our it's our job. You know, we're in the hospitality industry. We're serving the public. So it's something we take very seriously in our building and in our restaurant and our company. And we make sure that we do everything within our power to, you know, any time a type of dietary restriction or allergy that we can accommodate best we can. And if we can't, we'll let the guests know, and we'll try and steer them in a direction to get them something else that they can enjoy while they're dining with us. So do you do a lot of server training uh, around allergies and special diets? Absolutely. We have protocols in place. We use a ticket system where they'll come back and talk with the chef team first. They'll fill out some tickets. They'll bring it on their order. We use picks to let them know which one has the allergy in them. We make sure that we talk with the cooks. We have clean utensils. We're using gloves. We're using clean equipment. The whole the whole nine yards. So it's like I said, it's something we as a company take very seriously, um, and it's part of our business. It's not going anywhere. It's not going away. So mm-hmm. we've embraced it, wrapped our arms around it, and and this is just part of our daily routine nowadays in the kitchen. And and that's okay because we do it every day. It's just become our normal routine now. Well, back to you, Ian. Um, these days, guests want to know the story behind their food. And are you getting a lot of questions on who, how, where, and why products make their way onto the menu? We sure are. A lot of it. You get a lot of that um, with our proteins and how we source them, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's fish or meat. Um, everybody wants to know the story, know where it came from, know if it's certified, if it's this, that, you know, if it was raised properly and things like that and that's great we take a lot of pride in making sure that we're serving amazing quality product and as jason mentioned earlier um we really get to know our purveyors because they're a huge piece to Mm -hmm. that you know understanding not only um that the the chain of the products getting to us was really clean and nice and you know taken care of and they're doing the right things but they're sourcing it from great people and taking care of it as well so we uh we dive very deep into that um we're constantly uh reaching out to all of our purveyors and uh different uh people finding the story as well mm-hmm. so whether it's a uh, salmon that we're buying or a striped bass whatever it might be we might you know have that information or we will have that information for our servers so they know it inside out that's part of that training part of that piece that they know where the food came from why it came from there what what it is about it that makes it special um and they're sharing that with the guest a lot of times before they even ask about it because that's a great sales point right out of the gate it's just you know out there telling the guests how proud we are of what we're serving you know and uh we take a lot of uh, a lot of time of that we have a great uh saddleberg uh farms 
pork chop that's a berkshire pork chop we just put on the menu everywhere it's coming from these farms in local uh, ohio area and we're sending it out to all the restaurants it's an amazing product there's just tons of stories like that you mm-hmm. know left and right so do you actually put the stories on the menu or how much of that do you share on the menu um, we don't print it on the menu a lot mm-hmm. of times we'll use farm names on the menu right. for certain items so the pork chop says saddleberg farms on the menu but we don't have room for the whole story on there but that's where we educate our servers and our management teams and our chefs and you're out there talking about it selling it and you know making sure people understand and if they have questions we've got all the information you need great well let's talk a little bit about the beverage side of the menu what's happening with cocktails and how are you staying on trend um, I was actually just talking to uh, Andrea about that. She's our uh, Andrea Hoover is our beverage uh, director for all of Cameron Mitchell restaurants um, and heavily involved in what we do with Ocean Primes. And, uh, you know, she's always just super excited to bring something new to the table. And she's always out researching, you know, as we do with food, very similar. We treat beverages just like we do food. You know, it takes a lot of development. We don't just willy nilly pull them together. Um, we spend time really sourcing great ingredients for starts. And then we do a lot of, uh, making things in house. So whether it's a syrup, whether it's a puree, whether it's a, a juice, whatever it might be, we're making a lot of those things in house Mm -hmm. and doing that, treating it as if you're at some, you know, uh, cocktail bar, but you're also able to enjoy a great restaurant at the same time. And we also work on trying to pair those things. It might not pair exactly with certain dishes, but we try to offer cocktails that work really well with our food mm-hmm. um, and with our snacks, as we were talking about earlier, because right. who doesn't want to have a snack and a cocktail, right? But um, <clears throat> we get a lot of inspiration out there from a lot of different places, whether it's going to different restaurants, whether it's seeing what's fresh and new out on you know, all the social media websites and you know flipping through magazines. I mean, there's so many sources now to find out what's going on and what's popular. <clears throat> whether it's different spices to add in there, different flavors. So, Jason, in the Chicago market, are there more beer drinkers, wine drinkers, or cocktails still a big thing? Uh, I think all of the above. Uh, <laughs> I think it depends on the, the day of the week and you know how, how the weather is. People definitely drink to the weather here in Chicago, we've noticed. Um, but, yes, I think the beer scene here is alive. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Chicago has – the most breweries in any city in, in the country, I believe, or something. So the beer culture is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ha- offer a lot of those unique beers that are here in Chicago on our menu. Um, and then cocktails, definitely, they, you know, there's some local spirits that we've started to introduce onto our menu and offer as we kind of get more into the into the beverage side of it here. And our beverage manager does a great job of working with our vendors to see what's out there and what's kind of new and unique. But, you know, we see a lot of our bourbon drinks selling, our Manhattan selling quite a bit. Um, you know, clear spirits as well, whether it's gin, you know, people like those more floral forward gins, more botanicals and stuff in there. We've introduced a gin cocktail. We were one of the first ocean primes here with this gin cocktail that had some golden raisins in it, some rosemary. Mm-hmm. It's kind of refreshing and, and it was received very well and it's been selling very well. So I think, you know, with a city this size and, you know, so many palettes out there and so much exposure to different things that, you know, Chicago seems to be a well-rounded, uh, beverage consuming city. Um, from what we can tell as far as what our sales and stuff are. But, uh, yes, all of the above. A lot of wine. We're, we see a lot of wines on Sundays. We have those half-price wines under $99. Mm. And so we've seen an increase in sales on Sundays uh, because of that. And so a lot of wine culture, a lot of people coming in and asking for things. And that's kind of a unique thing. You know, if we can do something, we're going to. So if we keep getting requests for something we don't have, then all of a sudden we're going to have it. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of have that ability at our store level to be able to cater our menus to the demands of the guests wherever we are. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about lower alcohol beverages and you know those kind of cocktails, the low-proof cocktails, because those seem to be really trending in a lot of places, and even the zero-proof cocktails. For sure, they definitely are. Um, we were, uh, we've been working on a few different ones. Um, we've always had a couple things that we've done at lunches um, in some restaurants that were zero proof and things like that. But uh, we actually, for the spring season upcoming, we're gonna have a few uh, new ones because it's definitely a little bit of that lighter fare and lighter uh, drinking. Um, so we got a couple things we're gonna be releasing here at the beginning of the year uh, to add to that. But um, we're noticing that in Columbus too, in all of our uh, Karen Mitchell restaurants back in Columbus, it's starting to become a, a definitely a little bit more of a trend and people are gravitating that way, whether it's lower proof or zero. So what are some of the flavor profiles you're introducing or working on with those lower proof cocktails? Um, well, a couple of, a couple things there, they tend to be lighter, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and we're using some lower proof alcohols in there that are full of flavor, whether they're liqueurs and different things like mm -hmm. that. Um, we don't necessarily have uh, have them all set in stone right. what's going to be released yet so i can't, uh, can't let the cat out of the bag yet secrets. you know what i mean <laughs> um but uh we also uh, just introduced a uh, cold brew cocktail as well on desserts, which is a nice way to end. It's a little lighter in the alcohol, and it's also got that cold brew in there that just really uh, kind of ramps it up and makes it mm -hmm. a fun way to end your meal as well. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, what you do have on the menu um, in the works for the menu in 2020 that you can reveal. You must have some seasonal items that you're working on. I mean, January is sometimes known as diet month. Is there, are you l working on some healthier items or? Um, definitely going to start working on some healthier items. Um, we'll we'll dive in real deep into development come uh, January. You know, this time of year we try to stay focused on you know making sure our business is is tight and uh, mm -hmm. we're taking care of our guests. A busy time of year, but uh, yeah, we're working on some uh, some brothier, lighter dishes. Um, working on some things. Um, a uh, couple dishes that will have, you know, some lighter salads with vinaigrettes as opposed to some of the heavier cream sauces, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, a lot of times it's all based around what fish we're sourcing. We're always trying to try and find new species to use in our menus and uh, things that are we can source in all of our locations. Um, so sometimes the dish has got to build around that depending on mm -hmm. the season. You know, what, what flavor works really well with bronzino? What flavor works really mm -hmm. well with, you know, a striped bass or whatever it might be? You know, halibut season always comes in, a, you know, the Pacific halibut comes in about May-ish. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we always try to get ready for that as well and have something great to share. So when you introduce a new fish or, you know, meat item, does it go across all the, the Ocean Prime menus or is it limited to just, you know, one or two? Um, a little bit of both. We tend to do most of it applies to all the restaurants. Um, we will do certain things in certain locations sometimes that are specific. Um, certain species might be the same type of set, so you might mm -hmm. have a blackened set in all the restaurants, but it might be, you know, striped bass here, snapper there, swordfish here, depending on what's fresh and available in those uh, markets. But then we're also, you know, going to be experimenting with doing promotions that are a little bit more based on the area. So. You know, Jason might have a Chicago promotion only, and we might have a New York promotion, mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, that are that are different dishes that are you know, definitely a little bit more tailored to their market and things like that. That's something that we're, you know, working towards in the next year as well. Jason, you came from Washington D.C., so how does the menu differ, and how does the clientele differ in Chicago as compared to Washington D.C.? Um, so the menu itself, the core menu, uh, for the most part, is 
the same. Obviously, we've done some menu revisions since then. Our bar menu's different. Um, the dining guest, uh, DC, when I was there is when Michelin came in for the first time and the, the dining scene kind of exploded. And uh, it was a very unique situation where a smaller city with not a ton of restaurants that were of that caliber, all of a sudden, just every day, a new one was popping up and a new one was popping open. And it seemed like, you know, our lunch crowd was really, really strong and our dinner crowd kind of grew slowly, mm-hmm. slowly. And uh, I think that, that the stars coming in and starting to hand out really elevated the, the diners there. Their kind of, kind of demand and what they were looking for and what they were seeing kind of changed throughout that process. And I think um, as well as, you know, what people wanted to see and eat kind of changed the way we were doing features and doing different things there because, you know, the, the mentality was different. So, but Chicago, um, the great thing about them is they're very straightforward. Uh, they know what they want. They're, you know, they always say meat and potatoes town, but they're also a fish and potatoes town <laughs> here. So, you know, I think the the fact that we are a seafood forward restaurant has really helped us be received well mm. here. And uh, I think that people are coming in and enjoying it. We're still selling lots of steaks like we always do. But, you know, we saw a ton of our grouper dish with the mm. lobster gnocchi, black and snapper, like Ian was mentioned earlier. It's flying off the shelves. A ton of sushi. Mm. Uh, we introduced two new sushi rolls and they're selling like, like they're going out of style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's nice to see that that fish forward kind of restaurant is doing as well in a city like this and it's being well received so great well i'm going to end with asking both of you one more question is there anything you're looking forward to when spring menus planning starts to come into play i mean absolutely spring is one of the so there's two times a year that i love cooking and eating and fall and the winter is one of them because you've been kind of taking it easy and all of a sudden now you can cook heavy flavorful dishes with root vegetables and, and meat forward and then kind of the other end of that spectrum is you come out of winter and you're like, I need some sunshine and I need a, I need something else in my life. And a lot of the spring vegetables, whether it's, you know, going in the ramp season or you have, you know, you're coming out of winter and you're going into morel season or like Ian mentioned, like halibut's coming around. You're starting to see those, you know, first sproutings of, you know, peas and other, other mm-hmm. f- spring vegetables that you haven't really seen out there. That's really kind of gets your juices flowing again and kind of you've, you've been tired of eating this way, so now you're ready to eat a different right. way. And so I think in the spring, just that vegetable-forward kind of lightness that you can kind of introduce different flavor profiles or different ways of, you know, you know whether it's a puree or a marinade or, or doing something different with a vegetable that people don't think about. Or, you know, you had mentioned cauliflower, and we actually really enjoy cooking with cauliflower. It's Everyone thinks the grandma's cauliflower or it comes out of a can or, or whatever <laughs> it may be growing up, however you were exposed to cauliflower. But you can fry it, you can grill it, you can puree it, you can sear it, you can use it as a soup base, you can use it, bra- I mean, there's a thousand ways to use it. You can use it in an Alfredo sauce to cut down the amount of cream, but it still adds a great, mm. you know, you know, flavor profile. So there's ways to push yourself where you see an ingredient every day. And, and I guess that's more of it is like, you kind of get lost in the ingredients you use every day because you see them every day that sometimes it's you get sick of them in the way we prepare them and you want to just try them in a different way and that pushes us as chefs and kind of you know culinary leaders within our groups to kind of say hey how can we take this rethink it repurpose it and change the way it's viewed and make it into something delicious and so that springtime kind of rejuvenates us from that standpoint at least me personally um, that's mm-hmm. kind of something I get really excited about as the seasons change sounds great um, I agree with that it's uh you don't necessarily get sick of different uh, food, I don't think, because the times are changing, the season changes, whatever it might be, and uh, you get excited to share what's what's fresh and what's new of the season, um, whether it's like he was mentioning peas and fava beans and things like that in the spring, and 
you know, getting in the summer and you get corn season coming around and tomatoes and, you know, all those things, you know, whether it's in the classic methods, you know, of having the tomatoes and basil and mozzarella, nothing wrong with that. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But also what else new can we do with it? What can we do mm -hmm. to, to freshen that up and bring something different to our guests and to uh, elevate what we're doing? Um, and, you know, challenging ourselves to uh, bring something new to the guests, you know, and our when we were talking about ocean prime and you know the development of the food a little bit you know we're we're constantly looking ahead and trying to see how we can evolve the concept and how we can evolve our menus because if we sit back and just rest on what we do then it's just going to get tired you know and people are going to get sick of it and be like i don't you know they will get sick of an item they'll be like man i've seen the same dish for years i wish they'd do something new right well we try to stay ahead of that we try to you mm -hmm. know evolve those things so it's always keeping it fresh for us as chefs and we're challenging ourselves to bring those new dishes all the time and you know the chefs get to run some really great features you know throughout the year and get excited about that and build that excitement in their restaurants and then we change the menu a few times a year as well mm -hmm. you know, the main uh, main items and it just it makes it so you don't get sick of those items you know you get something new to talk about all the time as he just said we did a couple new sushi dishes on the menu i just had the ocean roll over there it was amazing with hamachi and tuna and salmon and avocado and this crunchy mm -hmm. garlic oil on top that is just out of this world you know so we're always looking for those new things and it's uh it keeps it fun and fresh well, great. Well, thanks so much. I, I think we'll thank all look you. forward to spring very soon. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for sharing your story, Chefs Jason and Ian. Join us next time to delve into more menu trends that will help you stay ahead of the curve.